It's Edmonton's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. Hello, this is Mario Taniguzzi coming to you today with Edmonton's podcast, a member of Canada's Podcast Network, where we talk to the entrepreneurs who are making it happen in Edmonton, Alberta. So you can listen, discover, and engage. Today's guest is Courtney Bueller, who is founder and CEO of Sugar Lash Pro. Thanks for joining us today, Courtney. Thanks so much for having me. Very excited to be here. So you have an interesting tale to tell about how Sugar Lash Pro came into existence. Tell me about that. You want the full story? Sure. Well, it's been a wild ride. I'm 11 years in now, and it's very much been a progression of, um, I mean, just kind of, I guess, realized dreams. So when I started in the business, I was a single mom, never had dreams of being an entrepreneur at all. I was in like the retail management space and had my, had my first baby, um, who's now 11. And I just wanted something that was a little bit more flexible. And so I decided, okay, I'm going to start doing lashes. And it was just something that I had gotten and I loved them and I was pretty obsessed with them. So I wanted to do it myself. And then, yeah, started my company. And literally my dreams at the beginning were just enough, you know, having enough clients that I could have a part-time business. And then that obviously kind of grew into a full-time thing very quickly. And then I had to hire my first staff, which was never on my radar whatsoever. And that turned into six, which turned into 10, which turned into a salon when I had the salon, everything was going super well, but lash extensions were like gaining popularity like crazy. And so with the surge of popularity, we were seeing also a surge in people that were getting bad applications that were damaging to their natural lashes. And so there was this fear kind of brewing uh, in the industry. And I thought, okay, I can keep the secrets to myself and I can be like the best lash lounger. I can be the one that they trust. But what's happening is women are going to other places and instead of them having the know-how of being like, oh, I just went to a bad place. I need to find someone more reputable. They actually were just saying like, lash extensions are bad. They ripped out on my lashes or I had this damage. And so there was like this fear spreading and I'm like, okay, I need to change this. And so that's when I decided to start Sugar Lash Pro, um, which is the training and distribution side. So I started developing products, working with manufacturers to create a product that was really accessible and kind of met all the frustrations that I had had as a business owner and what I needed in my business. And then training that was easy to come by and took everything out of an aesthetics program or a cosmetology program and applied it into a lash specific course. And it's been six years now and we're in 89 countries and 60,000 plus artists using our stuff around the world. Can you give me a little bit of a, a sense of uh, how financially your company has, has grown since you started it? Yeah, Sugar Lush Pro, we're going to talk about just that business specifically. I think our first year we did 300000 um, which astronomical to me at the time. That was with just myself and my husband um, shipping. I was doing the marketing and the branding and packaging, and he was doing the shipping. And we had one customer service girl and that first year was 300,000. And now um, we're just under 20 million six years later. That was this, this last year. Uh, excellent. What are the, the benefits uh, that you have found for doing business in Edmonton? You know what? I don't think necessarily that there's a ton of benefits besides the fact that I love this city. I mean, I think if there was one benefit, it would be that instead of being, you know, a little fish in a big pond, we've grown into a big fish in a little pond. And I think like the support that we get from media and from 
just the connections that we have in Edmonton is like over the top. Like anyone who knows what we're doing is always like, hey, do you need a great CFO? Do you need this? And we have people that are really, really rallying around us. But you know, at the same time, that's because people know that it's not super easy to come by lots of the talent that's needed for a beauty-based business in Edmonton. But I'm stubborn. I'm crazy stubborn. And so just because it's easier to move to LA doesn't mean I'm going to do it because I want to be here. I love the city. What about the challenges uh, these days for doing business uh, or being a business owner in Edmonton? Yeah, I think there's just, you know, as far as talent goes when it's creative or marketing and stuff, we see that more so in, you know, LA or Vancouver, Toronto. You know, if you're an amazing, amazing graphic artist, lots of times talent will move away. But I also think that's only because there hasn't been a company here that people have felt like extremely passionate about or that they feel they're, you know, pushing the status quo as far as visuals go. And so that's kind of where I come in and I'm like, just because we're here doesn't mean that we're any less amazing than the best beauty brands out there. We can create something in Edmonton that is world-class. And I think that that's, you know, that's, it's the challenge, but it's also like half the fun is it's not as easy. It's a little more challenging, but we still can kill it and uh, make Edmonton proud. What about in just in general terms, what has been your biggest challenge in um, developing and nurturing this business? I mean, I guess for me, it's, uh, I mean, I barely passed high school. I don't have any post-secondary. I don't have any business training. Everything has been very organically grown and I've learned and failed forward all along the way. And I still do that every single day I'm failing forward. Um, so, I mean, there's been struggles there. And then I think just with infrastructure stuff, having people in, in the Edmonton region that really understand beauty and understand how global we are, because this isn't just, you know, it's not a local company. It's not mm. a, even just a Canadian company from year one, we were in like 25 plus countries and it's just grown all the time. And so having people here um, that understand like a full global market and the legalities and the, you know, operations of that has been a challenge for sure. But when people get it, then they're really, really like behind it and know that there's not a lot in Edmonton, you know, in this space that's doing those things. What's your vision for the company as you look beyond and into the coming years? Well, I have ideas out the wazoo. That's why I'm still the CEO. And so <laughs> I, um, I have a million ideas. We have right now, um, you know, everything we've done with lash extensions. And then we're getting into other lash services as well, like lash lift and lash tint, which doesn't mean a lot to you as a, as a man, but um, just different aspects. And then we're actually going to be moving into the brow space. And then we're actually launching a consumer line. So everything up until this point has been um, business to business. So we support the professionals. And then we're launching our first consumer line uh, next year, which is going to be huge. It's going to open up so many more doors for us. And that's going to be picked up. Some of the SKUs are going to be picked up by Ulta Beauty, which is the biggest beauty retailer in the States. And uh, that's going to be phenomenal. And then we're actually going to be moving into a salon space, which is going to be less about the salons and more about the experience for brands. So we're actually planning on launching in New York and LA and having places where, you know, because we do have so many editors and press and influencers and those people that want lashes all the time. So having a space and that they can come and experience sugar lash instead of, you know, events all the time. And I think just having a kind of a concrete location or a pop-up shop is going to be super cool. Now you've probably talked to a million people over the last few years about business in general. What's the best piece of advice you think you've ever received uh, for being an entrepreneur? 
I think for sure my biggest motto, and there wasn't a time where, you know, this advice was given to me and it really took root, but throughout my career, it's always been never be scared to move on an idea if you don't have everything figured out. And that's really like just been an ongoing theme in my career is like, I'll just launch an idea or I'll say we're doing something and I have nothing figured out for it. Like there's, I don't even have the product source yet, but I'm saying we're getting into browse or doing this. And so I'll, I'll kind of stake my claim and then I'll figure out everything in the back end. And I think so many people don't do that in business. They feel like they have to, you know, make this three year business plan and this five year business plan and have, you know, this is how it's going to grow. And I couldn't tell you how detrimental that would have been to me in my career. There's no point I can't even think farther than six months out. And if my team tries to, I'm like, let's not even waste our breath because Mm -hmm. it's not going to be that. We just have to put the work in now and see where it goes. I got asked to speak at like some business courses and I feel like they didn't invite me back because I was kind of like, let's not let this (laughs) business course get in your guys' heads so much that you need to figure out your profit margins. You need to figure out your operating costs. Because as long as you know you have profit and as long as you're passionate about what you're bringing to the table, right? Whatever that is, whether it's a product or a service or whatever, I just feel like the rest falls into place. And, you know, if it's not working and there's something that's not working, then if you have the ability to bring someone in that has more expertise in that area, then you're going to be fine. And I just feel like, So many people have amazing ideas in the world and they just, for whatever reason, feel like they're not able to make it happen because they haven't figured out every single detail, but it's so pointless. If you weren't doing what you're doing now, what do you think you'd be doing? So there's two kind of like themes that run through my life. And um, one is empowering women to realize that they're more powerful than they give themselves credit for. The other one is just like, I'm highly artistic and design driven. So I think if I, these are going to be the two most random things that you're going to hear, but one of <laughs> an interior designer, that won't shock you, but I love, like, I love design. I love being in beautiful spaces, like creating a world, you know, and that's essentially what creating a brand is, is creating this world. Um, but I'm really sensitive to like aesthetic spaces. So that one, not shocking. Second <laughs> one might be shocking. And that would be, I would be a midwife. Oh, Cool. And uh, that's just because I just feel like women are so powerful. And sometimes we get talked out of, you know, like realizing what we're actually capable of or, you know, having those moments where it's like you go through this moment and come out on the other side. Anyways, I had natural home births and uh, it's something I'm super passionate about. Okay, cool. You know, we get ideas all over the place, right? Uh, you know, for businesses, for, for what we're doing in our careers, et cetera. Is there anything that you do uh, in terms of hobbies, pursuits, uh, passions that, that somehow stimulate your creative juices and, and get ideas going in your brain? You know, for me, I mean, this year is the first year, so 11 years in that I actually got a hobby and that was riding horses, which was awesome and I loved it, but it's also very scary and I got a very <laughs> bad concussion in the summer, so I've scaled wow. back on that. For me, when I get inspired, it's definitely when I travel and when I take the time to step away. When I'm in Edmonton, I feel like I don't get ideas like I do on a plane anywhere. As long as I'm going somewhere else, I can see the business or the industry that I'm in from like a bird's eye view. And um, I can't tell you how many ideas have hatched when I'm not working. And so it's super important. And my team has been so great 
used to be really hard, but now my team really understands me and they're like, she needs to get space. I'm never in the office, never in the office. I'm in the office maybe once every three weeks. I work remotely all the time. I have to have like fluidity and go work at a coffee shop or stay at home or go out with friends and not do any work. And when I am in a restaurant and I get a really amazing service or when I go to a spa or when I'm in an art gallery somewhere and I see this amazing, you know, photography campaign, it always is sparking like, how can I apply this into the world that is Sugar Lash? And so, yeah, I mean, my creative process is just a little bit of um, chaos, I'd say. It's just from all over. <laughs> I'm just so. curious, why would you say uh, uh, you, you don't like being in an office? As, and what are the advantages of being out and about like that? I mean, for me personally, I, well, I have severe ADHD. And, um, so it's very hard for me to stay in a structured environment when people, when I feel like tied to my desk or I feel like I'm expected to be somewhere at certain hours, it like shuts down my drive a little Mm -hmm. bit in my brain. And so for me, I'm very, very into like optimizing the way that my, you know, brain functions best. And if that means that I sleep in till noon and then I get up and I'm super rested and inspired and I'm just like ready to go, then that's great. I'll never... I guess I've learned to not try and force it for anyone else. And so, yeah, when I feel like locked in, then I, I shut down a little bit. And that's just the rebel, the rebel heart in me. I had the theme that's been in my whole life is just people trying to get me to fit this mold and I just don't. And in, you know, in high school and in like academics and stuff that always made me feel like very much like a failure. Like I just couldn't be what they wanted me to be. And they'd always say like, if you just applied yourself, if you just focus, you could, you know, you could be amazing. You're so smart. You just need to do it. But it's like, I can't do it if it's not on my terms and I can't do mm-hmm. it if someone's trying to force me to feel something or to do something that I don't feel hundred percent good at. So it's a good thing it's worked out being an entrepreneur because I would be the worst employee. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I have a lot of options. You mentioned earlier about travel. Is there any uh, favorite place that you have to go to? Oh, gosh, I've been all over. I speak a lot for conferences. I'm very blessed to be able to, you know, get invited all these places. I've been, you know, spoken Australia and Rome and Paris and Trinidad and Tobago and all over. But I think for me, the, I guess the most life-changing trip and the most just made you think about the happiness that doesn't come from material things. And sometimes I feel like we get stuck in the hustle. I don't hustle because of the money or the gains. I hustle because I love being challenged as a person and I love pushing myself and driving myself forward um, and helping other people in doing so. But I think for me, I went to Bali last year and it was just like, if you haven't been, it's, you know, there's, there's mopeds everywhere and there's like three people on a bike and they're happy. And there's not even road signs or traffic signs because everyone <laughs> thinks about the person beside them and no one's, I just feel sometimes in North America, we're all very like inward focused and it's like, what, what can I do and how can I, you know, be better? But if we can just take the time to like reset and be like, what can I do for the person beside me? Or can I let this person in, in the traffic lane and make their day that much better? And if we could just slow down and get some perspective, I mean, I, I felt like that trip was, was really, really life-changing. I'd love to uh, go back there soon. It's on my list. That was my next question to ask you. you know, we all have bucket lists. Uh, what is on top of your bucket list? Is that trip to Bali again? Oh, that's a good question. I feel like 
honestly, it's been so chaotic the last 11 years. I have three kids and 11 year, years old and eight and four. And it's been a lot of sacrifice. And I feel like my bucket list right now is like pretty tame. Like, it, you know, people would expect that as you get more successful, that you have these more audacious goals. And mm-hmm. I honestly feel like my goal is to build, we've got a beautiful lake house property and I'm going to be renovating that extensively. And then we're going to get like goats and chickens and really wow. live this like simple lifestyle. And I actually think that Bali really like sparked that in me where I'm like, it doesn't need to be this complicated. We can have like space just to be together. I, I mean, my whole life is traveling for fun and doing crazy stuff. And I've been skydiving and I've been bungee jumping. And I've done all these things. And I feel like I just want to like slow it down. Okay. So you're obviously a very business, uh, busy businesswoman. You're obviously a very busy mother. Uh, do, you have, do you ever have time to read? I don't do a ton of reading like in the traditional sense in book way, but I read articles okay. and stuff all the time. Like I'm a voracious short form reader. And with all that going on, uh, do you have a daily routine that keeps you focused on what you're doing throughout the day or is it just... My daily routine is not ever having a routine. <laughs> as soon as I try and get like locked into a routine or something, no, I totally just, I, I, I can't do it. So my, to keep my you know, juices flowing and keep me happy, I just have to have room to do whatever I want. No two days are the same ever. And that's how I like it. Like today I'm doing a podcast with you and that's great. And we don't do that every day. So it's, it's something new and exciting. And, and that's how I like it. Ah, very cool. I know it's probably tough, but uh, if you had one word to describe yourself, what would it be and, and why? I would say tenacious would be, and that's just something that I've heard over and over is just I don't take no for an answer. Um, if I feel strongly about something, I will continue to go after it no matter what. Even with this Ulta Beauty deal, we're going to be doing training and, and product for them. And they have like under, just under 5,000 staff. It's like a wild deal. It's a very, very big in the States. And they originally rejected our proposal. And I just didn't, I didn't like that. <laughs> And so I wrote them back and I said, I completely respect your decision. And if there's something that I missed, you know, that's totally fine. But please, you know, I knew who they were, who else they were speaking to competitors in the space. There were some that were super reputable and I have nothing but respect for. And there was some that weren't lash extension specific or lash specific. And um, I just told them like, please go with one of these two. But just to let you know, this is why I think that we are the only choice for you and why you should go with Sugar Lash Pro. And uh, wrote them a long email and I didn't know how they'd take it because this is like a huge, huge company. And who am I? And they wrote me back within the hour and said, you know, we made a mistake. Please come and pitch in Chicago. And I went the next week and we landed that deal. And it was it was just one of those moments. And, and Kim McIver, who's the president of my company, she said, like, that's going to be in your book someday. Like, that'll be, it's one of those moments. But it's just, it's a lot of that. It's a lot of trying and failing and then pivoting and retrying. So it's just the tenacity. I think that's honestly like 90% of my business success is so, like crazy driven. So where do you think that tenacious nature in you uh, came from? I want to say it came from, I think it's a firstborn thing. Um, I'm definitely a a trailblazer. And I think because I wasn't super academic or I wasn't 
you know, super anything as a child. I felt like there wasn't something that was like, oh, she's great at this or she's whatever, that I was constantly hungry to like prove myself in whichever way I could. So like, even though I wasn't academic, I was still the president of student council and I was still um, captain of the basketball team and involved in all the sports teams and, you know, was in bands and on dance teams and, and doing all of that stuff. And so I was super busy. And I think that it stems from that, that busyness and that hunger for learning and proving, I guess, my worth in whatever space that I'm in. Excellent. I'm going to present you a scenario. Imagine a beautiful tropical island in the middle of the ocean with only one phone booth and no internet. Uh, We're going to drop you off there. And at any time, you can use the phone booth on the island to call a boat. We'll come pick you up. A couple of things. First of all, how long do you think you would last there before making that phone call? And secondly, what do you think you'd uh, you'd do? Well, I'm very pale, so I feel like I might not last the longest on the island. I'm not a not a tropical girl. I actually think that I I'd be okay for a while. I'm I'm pretty outdoorsy. I do like to be resourceful. Actually, I'm going this afternoon to buy a chainsaw, believe it or not, because I'm oh, going to wow. stop buying firewood and just cut down some trees on my property. So I'm a very just, <laughs> let's say dynamic. What's, what's the real word for Ruth? I'm just a little bit odd, but um, like to do so myself. I think I'd be okay on the island for a bit. I would say I would last a good three weeks, four weeks, and then I'd probably get bored and need to have some stimulation outside of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think I would just do a lot of thinking. Whenever I'm in like quiet spaces, I always have a notebook wherever I go, no matter what it is. Sometimes it's my phone, but oftentimes it's my notebook and I'll do like sketches or I'll do um, notes, but I just feel like something about writing it down with your hand is like very powerful. Um, So I'd probably find something to write on or draw on and um, praying probably just doing, you know, just reconnecting back. I just feel like the world gets really busy. And if you can just, I mean, it would be nice. Let's go to an island. I'm getting ideas here. I think <laughs> we should just go to an island right now. But no, just some soul searching. I mean, there's lots of noise yeah. in the world right now. And sometimes I just feel like it would be an almost ideal situation. So uh, Courtney, is there anything you'd like to add before you leave us today? No, I mean, I think if someone's listening to this and they think that you know, looking from the outside in, like, I wish that I could, you know, be an entrepreneur, or I wish that I had it all figured out, or that I was smarter, or whatever. Um, I mean, I think at the very heart of it, that's what my story is more so than anything, is just that we're so much more capable of great things than what we give ourselves credit for. And Mm -hmm. if you think, you know, looking at me that, you know, would be $20 million and have this 18,000 square foot warehouse and be shipping, you know, hundreds of orders a day, like, I would never, like, I couldn't even tell you how astronomically unplausible this whole thing has been, <laughs> but the whole career has been like one foot in front of the other and you fail and you pivot and you try again and you keep going. And if there's something, you know, that someone has in their heart that they're like, this, the world needs this, or, Hey, there's something already out there, but I think I could improve upon it. Like, I think it's your actual duty as a human being to be pouring those ideas into the world. and don't take the advice of your, you know, your spouse or your family or whatever that know your flaws very well, because yes, we're all flawed, but if you know in your heart what you're capable of, that's all you need. And so 
shut out the voices, listen to your gut, and just go with it. Super. Thanks for joining us today, uh, Courtney, on Edmonton's podcast. Thank you so much. Hey there. Thanks for taking the time today to listen to Edmonton's podcast on Canada's podcast network. We hope you enjoyed the show today. Make sure you sign up for our newsletters and write a review for us on iTunes. And then connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn at Canada's Podcast. You can also check out what other entrepreneurs are doing across the country. See you next time.